Hey, everybody. Welcome to an all-new episode of 30 on Broadway, talking blue shirts as we are ready to roll and getting uh, fired up for the postseason. Nick joining me, as always, on the other side of the list. I don't say other side of the country anymore because that hasn't happened in over a year. But hi, Nick. How are you? How's everything going? Oh, it's going good. Going on a hundred miles that? an hour. You know, starting off real fast, getting, getting going. I, I was going to say, like, did you do, like, speed or something we today? We got things like, to the, do. We got things what to the do. Hell? Full speed ahead for the postseason. Like, what the hell is wrong with We are coming in hot tonight. Coming in hot. Well, if you're listening to this before the games, right now, really quick, out of the gate, obviously, if you're scoreboard watching tonight, the uh, team Levi versus the Devils, is set to get underway uh, in about a half hour from now, so we'll be already possibly published by the time this episode comes out. But the Devils uh, trying to catch the Carolina Hurricanes, or possibly jump them tonight, uh, the Hurricanes, who are playing the Detroit Red Wings puck drop at the same time, uh, trying to snap a three-game losing streak. Uh, Not looking good for right now for the Hurricanes, but anyways... The Rangers sitting back a point from the Devils, two points from the Hurricanes. I don't think they could win the division. Can they win the division? If the, I think they could, couldn't they? Uh, the Rangers are what three points behind? Or two they points could. behind Carolina? They actually would. They're two points. So if the Rangers win against the Maple Leafs on Thursday okay. and Carolina well, loses out. It would take Carolina losing out, which let's be know, real. Carolina's been playing pretty bad hockey lately. Yeah, but let's be real though. Let's but anyways, live in the real. Well, I live in the real. I live in the real world. We play the Rangers all the variables. Are, the Buffalo Sabers aren't dead now. They're still the not Rangers, dead. The Rangers are not winning the division. The best it they would can be hold crazy, for. Though. The best they can hope for is they leapfrog the Devils and get home ice. Yeah, they could get home ice. Home ice on one side of the river versus. I mean, they have home ice on both sides of the river. I was but. gonna say it, it, it's really home ice. The Rangers have home ice during. The entire series, but, you know. But, all right, let's jump into the week that twas for the New York Rangers. Um, as we cross it time to again, Ooh. last time we talked, they had come off of uh, an okay week. They picked up the wins against the teams that they needed to beat. They had a tough loss against the Devils, which we talked a little bit about in the last one. But the Rangers had four games this week, and – by gosh, Don Garley, don't go into overtime. Well, I should say don't go into overtime, but the shootout, not kind to to the Rangers last night, obviously. But they pick up two wins. They beat they beat up on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who kind of look like I, I don't know if they just turned it off and they're just going to flip the switch come playoff time. That's I feel like that's because Tampa can do that. Uh, but they beat Tampa. They lose in overtime to the St. Louis Blues. They come back. They blank the Blue Jackets for nothing, and then they have a tough loss against a team that's on all desperation mode. And honestly, the, the, the kid in net for Buffalo, Levi, stole the show. He, he was absolutely phenomenal for them last night. I mean, he there were points in the game. And I know you didn't get a chance to watch the Columbus game, so I'm going to back up a little bit. There were points in that game where it was absolutely criminal, the puck possession that the Patrick Kane – uh, Kreider, Panarin, et cetera, et cetera, were doing in the Columbus offensive zone. It was it was almost as if it was it, it was a clinic. Uh, it was it was quite laughable at times. Uh, you saw a little bit of that in, in moments against Buffalo as well. But again, like I said, Levi just was was absolutely 
he was a stone wall in net. I mean, and and Shesterkin looked great as well. I'll I'll I'll, I'll point that out. Shesterkin looked great. Shesterkin looks like Shesterkin of last year, and that could spell trouble for anybody in in the playoffs. And good news for us. Uh, one thing before we jump into our other stuff, I wanted to point out Ryan Lindgren, the heart and soul of the New York Rangers. Many could say could have been captain of the team. But a guy that is a uh, – we've talked about, you know, how important he is on the back end for the for the defense. Um, and, and honestly, just how important he is to that room and to that team. And picking up the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award, I can't pick a better deserving candidate on the team. You could say there's, there's you know, Jacob Truba has it. You know, obviously he got the, the Mr. Ranger Award. Um but Ryan Lindgren picks up the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award. And talking about extra effort, he go, in the game, he takes a shot off the face late in the game. And you're sitting there going, oh, no, because it looked bad. I mean, you didn't see blood spewing out, so you're like, okay. But you're thinking jaw, face, like what's broken? What what could be? What happened? Because uh, of the way he went off the ice, it did not look, it did not look good. But – he comes back into the game, and I thought that's just you know the the testament of Ryan Lindgren, uh, and I don't know if you want to throw anything in on that as well, but Ryan Lindgren well, to I, me is the heartbeat of. I, I just of, I just say the blue, of the blue shirts. The fact that he got hit in the face and there was no blood, and it was Ryan Lindgren who got hit, kind of. He did have a little shock. There was a little was cut a shock. Yeah, but this is Lindgren, who it seems like just he bleeds all the time. Yeah, like he bleeds the way that Ric Flair and Mark Messier cry. Like it's just like second, you know, it's just you know a natural development. The moniker of Bleed Ranger Blue is like literal for Ryan Lingren. Ryan Lingren is like I bleed for the blue shirts. Yeah, he quite he literally. literally. When when you know he he can say that I leave my blood, sweat, and tears out there. And, he does. Yeah, I love him. I, I, I love him. him. I think he's one of. He's, the, I, I think he's he's. I don't want to say underrated to the maybe if, the league. If Dan Girardi could have skated, he would have been Ryan Lindgren. Yeah, I mean he's got that. Yeah, he's got the warrior mentality and a and like makeup of Dan Girardi, but a more surrounded, like well-rounded and established and just all around better defenseman. Uh, but yeah, you you see you see that. Yeah, you get that kind of comparisons to to an extent. Uh, but it was awesome to see him win the award. Glad to see – hopefully the injury wasn't too serious. I didn't really see anything today. I've uh, been as busy as I am. But moving on to the next part, you want to talk about some mixing of the bread with some DJing. I mean, it, it, it's hard not to considering the fact that Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad did something this year – that hasn't been done in 30 years, and that is seeing two Ranger team, two Ranger forwards, you know, go over 90 points in the same season. Or I'm sorry, not two Ranger forwards, two Ranger teammates, because the last two were Brian Leach and the captain, Mark Messier, in the 91-92 season. So to say it has been a while is a gigantic understatement. It has been a few. It's, it's been a couple decades. It's been some decades. Yeah, it, it's it's been quite a long time. It, it's you know, it, 
And that is, it's really sad for the Rangers as a franchise, but to to not have that top tier talent for so long, but it also is a testament to just how great Panarin and Zibanejad are. And, and I would argue this year, like I, I, I said it to you last night, if, if Panarin decided he just wanted to shoot more, he could probably score 40 to 45 goals every year if he just decided he wanted to shoot the puck more. So it, it, it's the, the ability is there. But, I mean, look, Artemi Panarin's been a Ranger for three years or for four years, and he's gone over 90 points three times in four years. And he would he would be four for four if it wasn't for the COVID, COVID year. year. Yeah, he would, yeah. And even Mika, I think, what, Mika got, Mika got Mika, robbed of, of a 40-goal season. No, Mika put up 41 goals in the COVID oh, year. Oh, he did. That's right. He did. It was, in, it was, it was, yeah, you're right. You're right. In 57 <clears> games, <throat> and Mika had 75 points that year. Yeah, Mika off. was on, Absolutely he was on track off. to, to do something really, really special. Right. That's if what it not, was. It was, he could have, he would have, you know, he would have cracked 50 plus and who knows. He, he would have broke Yager's record for sure. Yeah. There, there's no doubt in my mind. But, Speaking of Yager's record, you bring, you, you brought up Nick. Nick makes show notes now. Nick has Nick has yes. matured in his era I, of I you know of podcasting. He has uh, he has he has crossed the, the the plains here and has matured to the point where he now sends me notes, which is wild. I get these note recaps and I'm like, oh my god. Uh, granted, I don't want to know where you wrote this because the message that you sent to me beforehand uh, was a little suspect. So the fact that you wrote these notes down, I don't want to know where you wrote them down. But regardless, good to have it. Um, you brought up a point here about numbers hanging from the rafters. And could it be 93 or 20? Or maybe it's both. Or maybe it's none. Your I, thoughts I, on that? I, because you're the one that's bringing this up. So your thoughts. It never. The thought, honestly, has not crossed my mind at all. Uh, but I, you I mean, have, you well, have brought this conversation to the forefront. Well, I think it's a conversation now that's worth worth having because when you look at it, yeah, I brought up Kreider's name first. And, and Kreider. I did, which I was stunned. I, th- I almost crashed my car when he mentioned it yesterday. I think I it's actually, ine- I think it's actually inevitable at this point that Kreider will have his number retired by the organization. I mean, he's been to a Stanley Cup final. He's been to, uh, what what was it, three or four conference finals now? 11-12, 13-14, 14-15, and last year, yeah. So, right, yeah. He, he, yeah, so he's been to four Eastern Conference finals with the Rangers. He will be top three all-time for the organization as a goal scorer. I mean, it's just the numbers, look, Everybody knows my stance on Kreider. Everybody knows how I feel about Kreider. It, it, it's not a secret, oh, but really? yeah. But Do share. The, for the audience that doesn't know, I, I'm pretty sure if you're listening, you know, I'm pretty sure know, anybody that listens to this podcast knows. Yeah, <laughs> you know where I come out on Chris. They Kreider. know a thing or two. But I, I, I just look at it. It's almost inevitable at this point to me that that Kreider's going to get his number retired. And look. Whether or not I like him as a player, I, I will say this: his numbers dictate it. 
for a franchise that's been around almost a hundred years now, the 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 numbers that he has he has been able to put together are pretty pretty impressive. So well done to him. The one that's interesting to me is, is Zavanajad because I don't know if he gets talked about enough because I do think there is a certain stigma that Ranger fans like to have with players that aren't homegrown talent. But but somehow it goes away when you talk about Mark Messier and Adam Graves because Ranger fans forget that Adam Graves was not a homegrown Ranger. Adam Graves w- was signed after being in Detroit and Edmonton. So Adam Graves was not a homegrown New York Ranger. He just blossomed as a Ranger. And Mika Zibanejad is on that same kind of level. Mika may not well, have been drafted. Yeah, may not have been drafted and developed by the by the organization. But what he's doing since he's become a Ranger is pretty impressive. In, in 485 career games as a Ranger, he's got 454 points, 204 goals. He is a 40-goal scorer, and he might hit 40 again if he scores against Toronto. So this is a guy, he's got a 90-point season now under his belt as a Ranger. I mean, and let's be real, he's blossomed into one of the best two-way centers in the entire NHL. I I think if Mika keeps going the way he's going, I I would be hard-pressed to not retire 93. Very underrated. On the on the on the aspect of the NHL as a whole, I don't think Mika gets talked about enough for how good he is. <clears throat> and it seems like he's just, you know, I know he had the injury concerns early on, but well, his, his first year, his, his first year as a Ranger, he only played fifty six games. And he only registered 14 goals and 37 points. But that is because he broke his leg in November. Right. I mean, he went, yeah, he, he went down kind of early there. But it is it is kind of interesting to see the growth and where he's at now. Uh, and it's, 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 honestly, it's, it's honestly phenomenal to see how it's progressed in you know, from times where we were sitting there going, oh, we don't have a number one center. We, we don't have a number one guy. He's elevated his game to me, even this year, picking up a better center behind him in Vincent Trocek, I think has helped. I honestly do. I think it's helped. I think the, the stabilization of the center group between Zabanajad, Trocek, and Heedle has has helped in a, in a lot of ways. And, and it might, you might sit there and go, well, how, how the hell does that happen? But you. Well, it's kind of like the Philip Deneau effect in LA with Kopitar. It, right. it, it, it took a lot of defensive responsibility off Kopitar's plate. There you go. Even yeah. though Kopitar's that's, that's, what won- I'm that's what I'm talking right. about. Right. So, but even with Trocek coming in and taking a lot of that defensive responsibility away, Zavanajan has turned into a key penalty killer. He he's just he really has improved his game in all three phases. He's become a guy that this team really relies on. Right. Yeah, and it's been yeah his his two way game. And I think we've we've kind of joked about this. If it wasn't for 
if it wasn't for Patrice Bergeron, you could sit there and say Mika Zibanejad is that guy who is winning the seemingly annual Patrice Bergeron Award. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's it's no longer the Selkie to me. It's the Patrice right. Bergeron. It's like it's like until Patrice Bergeron, you know, hangs it up. It is, yeah. I mean, it's it's his. It's. I just think about how quite, many Selkie. I th- I think about how many Selkies Kopitar could have won if Patrice Bergeron didn't play. Yeah, right, right. But you know, interesting enough, I haven't thought you 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 put you know obviously you you put this down and you put this as notes and you kind of wanted to debate it. I really haven't thought about it. I haven't thought about it at all, uh, and I don't know why. I, you know, when you look at you look at how important Hank was to the organization, I think it creates another tier, and I don't know if either one have hit that, or or will. And it's interesting. I'm curious to see kind of how the next couple of years play out. And I think that kind of determines determines it. With, with pedal to the metal and with the window here, what do they do in, in that time? But like you said, I, I mean, Mika's going to break records. Kreider is going to break records from longevity, et cetera, et cetera. You know, look, he's put up almost 40 goals again this year. You know, we, we, we thought after a little while when he was around like 27, 26, 27, and he was kind of stalling out. We're sitting there going up. Oh, there we go again. And he's turned it on again. And now he's sitting at what, 38? I think or 37? Uh, 37. Uh, you know, so you're sitting there going like, damn, he, he could have almost put up a 40-goal season. And it's even a season for him in where he hasn't had the power play success that he's had. That he uh, relied on last year. Last year, thirty-six goals this year. I thought he had thirty-seven, but he's got thirty-six. I thought he had 37. Yeah, I no. thought so. Uh, but you know, it, it's interesting to see. I, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know. My my answer right now is I don't know, and I think it's to me, it's too. I'm going to be like the Associated Press in an election. In an election, it's too close to call, too early to call. We're going to have to do a recount. We're going to have to hold off on that. I'm abstaining from voting. I look. I look. If you ask me today, I'm barring, doing much of nothing, which is much of what our government does. Exactly. So I fit I right in. Say, like, Perfect fit. I was going to say, Chris is the resident politician here. Like, look, yeah. Oh yeah. That's like, me. That's a like, me. No, I look. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit here and say right now. I think both guys, barring major injury, will wind up seeing both of their numbers go up to the rafters oh, at MSG. All right. All right, moving ahead, there is one game left. Number 82 against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who knows who's dressing for Toronto? Number 82, sorry. Toronto. Uh, I like that. I, I like that. That was good. That was okay. good. That was good. Thank you. Uh, a little baseball. You know, it is spring. Spring has sprung. Yeah. Uh, that's baseball, Susan. The baseballs, the baseball gods aren't being all that great right now to either New York franchise. Although, I mean, it's whatever. It's so early in the baseball season. Who the hell cares right now? But Toronto, who knows? You know, is Toronto going to have their backup PTO goalie play this one, or are they going to burn Samson off into the ground because of the cap? They're in. They're in kind of a, a, a tough spot right now. But who are they dress? Are they going to dress anybody? Because I mean, it's pretty much wrapped up for them. They know who they got. 
it's them versus Tampa. You, you can't you can't lose out. They're they're firmly in the second spot with 107 points. They're firmly behind Boston, who has 131. So stupid. I, I I just I sit there and I wonder, and they're talking about this. I wonder if Boston could get hit with the Tampa curse of. I just don't think. Could you imagine? Look, I I just don't think Boston has the style of play that wins in the playoffs. It's it, I don't I, I I mean how I I can't say anything. I mean. I I've just, said it for I, years I where they're, I've been like, Boston's not dead. They're not dead until they're dead. They're going to get there. They always get there, it seems like it. This year, they're just there. It's a whole other beast. But will it convert over where we've seen in the past where it doesn't? Who knows? Personally, I hope it doesn't. But you can't you can't take away from the season that they've had. It's been ridiculous. No, they've had a great year. Stupid. I just, they had a historic year. I just, I, I just wonder... I've seen this before. Even Colorado. Colorado themselves, they've gone through it. Tampa. You know, know, this hasn't, this isn't, this is nothing new. They they say more, you know, the the numbers are kind of staggering for the amount of times a team that wins the President's Trophy for the amount of times that they don't want a deep run or win the cup. It's, it's actually quite staggering. And I don't know if that's because, you know, what is it? Because they don't go through any adversity through the season. So the first, the first tough battle that they got to come up with, they just, they, you know, there's no well, it spirals. I don't know. It, Maybe that's all like, it is. It's like Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. And I mean, and, and at the same time, how many times have we seen a team, you know, the LA Kings are the perfect example, get in as an eight seed and they run it. I mean, the cracking out West right now are rolling in the okay, that's I mean, a bad example. The Kraken are not good. Five wins in a row right now to close our season. Chris, that's a bad example. Because I mean, you really, you really think the Kraken are going to beat the Edmonton Oilers in a seven-game series? Truthfully, uh, if truthfully. Edmonton gets decent goaltending, no. But where have we seen Edmonton flop? I. I understand it, but and they're not gonna. I don't think they'll have Edmonton in the first round they, anyway. No, they might actually end up with LA. You really think they're beating LA in a seven game series? No, right, right now they would get. Oh no, they would get Vegas. Oh no, right now they would get Colorado or Dallas. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, no. I, I yeah. mean, look, Dallas. I could see it. Dallas or Minnesota, that'd be interesting. I think they could beat Vegas. I think they could beat Vegas. I think Vegas is right for the picking, just on their their issues. A team that actually, to me, a team that I think a lot of people aren't talking about and I could see coming out of the West is L.A. And I, I know we've crossed into NHL talk, but we're I, talking about playoff primer here. You know something? You know something? Bring on L.A. A rematch of the 2014 oh, Cup nice. Final. <laughs> Let's get some him. revenge. Stick it to them. But all right, right now let's do a little a little look around. Obviously, if the Rangers win, they could cap their season at 109. They would need Carolina to lose out. They would need the Devils to lose out. Let's in go order, Buffalo in order to top it. Uh, is that game even underway yet? It will be underway in 20 minutes. Uh, so obviously, rooting for Buffalo, rooting for Detroit. I, I don't know. I mean, that's you're, that's asking a lot because neither one of those teams have tough schedules. I think the the Devils. 
Well, actually, Carolina's got Florida on Thursday, so they kind of need to win this game because that's going to be a real interesting battle Thursday night. Uh, the Devils, they've got the Sabres, and then they've got Washington. Look look what Washington did last night to the Islanders. Let's kind go, of, Buffalo. Kind of go, hilarious. Caps, go. Uh, but looking around at the playoffs right now, if the season was to end today and the likelihood of what it's going to look like we're playing the rivals across the river for the first time since what two thousand? Yeah, yeah, you know when, and I'm not. I don't want to say it. Yeah, since that year. Yeah, yeah. That year of Yager. No, not the year of Yager. The year where that asshole scored the only goal he is known for, and they got steamrolled by the Kings. Yes. Yeah, you're right. That right. year. 2012. Yep. I didn't want to say. What, <laughs> what is it with you? That's funny because I was just thinking. I was thinking about the year prior to that, and that was the year we got swept, and then we had the heartbreak. The Henrique, yeah, Henrique, it's over. Yeah, just like his career, he didn't really do much of it anyway. But whatever, he's had longevity. But screw him. Uh, so last, so that'd be a nice rematch of that one. Uh, otherwise, if Carolina falls, which you know what, hey, the way they're playing, it could happen. I do if, not want to play Carolina in the first round. Well, let me ask you, because this is I've been asked this a couple times now, and I know we're, we're kind of rambling a little bit, but we got through our outline and we're kind of in the gray zone. But I've been asked like four times by four different people, do you want Carolina or do you want the Devils? I don't want either one of them, to be honest. I'm not going to sit here and say I'd rather play Carolina. I'd rather play the Devils. You know, the Devils with their lack of playoff experience, is that going to come and bite them? Who knows? Is Carolina's inability to be disciplined or their inability to have a showstopper step up in a big moment, not having, you know, key players step up? Goaltending, Freddie Anderson. We've seen Freddie Anderson postseason. It's not good. You know, are you going to have that? Or are you going to have where, you know, we've had the, the the Hurricanes number this year? Are you going to have a repeat of the bubble where we're going into that series and everyone's going, yeah, I want the Canes. We're going to run them over. And we got embarrassed. Uh, so I, I just say, you know what, let the chips fall where they fall and we get either one. You know, even saying, you know what, oh, win the division. Well, you win the division, you could end up getting the Islanders or Penguins. Uh, I would more, be perfectly fine with that. And, and, and I think either way, yeah, I think either way, I mean, I don't, I'm not really keen on seeing a Shesterkin-Sorokin battle because I think Sorokin is really large part the reason why the Islanders are even in it, even in it in the first place. But that's the type, that's the only thing like I would be concerned about in that regards. Pittsburgh, yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh, I think is, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh. I, I, I have no, no qualms about facing Pittsburgh other than the refs. That's that's pretty much my my thing there. So I don't know. I I don't have a preference. I don't have a preference, and I can't say that I I feel more confident with either either matchup. To be to be quite honest, Look, I, don't know I, I think I I think there are good draws and there are bad draws. I think there, are, you know, I I think there are pros and cons to to you know playing Carolina, playing the Devils. Look, I I think the Devils' youth and inexperience can wind up hurting them. 
I also think their lack of goaltending compared to the Rangers could wind up coming back to bite them in the ass. I think the Rangers having Lindgren back and healthy. And look, I, I said it to you yesterday. I think the the biggest X factor is going to be Vladdy Tarasenko. I think Tarasenko is getting into a groove right now. He's getting hot. And I think he's going to be the guy if the Rangers go on a deep run. It's because Vladdy is going to wind up reminding people just how much of a big-time player he is. I think Patrick Kane, you're going to get what you know you're going to get from Patrick Kane. You are going to get the three-time Stanley Cup champion. You are going to get the greatest American-born hockey player. I, I, like, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to get from Patrick Kane. I just think that the biggest thing for the Rangers will be in the playoffs. Is the kid line going? If the kid line is going, then I think the Rangers are going to be hard to beat. And the the other big thing is going to be Keandre Miller. Can he can he turn around and get his head out of his ass? Because he really has not been playing well for the last number of weeks. So the my 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 big things for the Rangers is pretty much it, it goes back to the kid line, Miller. And Vladdy Tarasenko. If the yep. Rangers got those, they're going to be a hard out, and it doesn't matter who they play. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a, good, that's a good point, and it's a good way to wrap it up. All right, we've got Thursday. That's it, the final game. And then we'll see where the chips lay. Do the Rangers start the postseason on the 17th? Do they start on the 18th? That kind of dictates what the schedule will be, obviously, for for games three and four if they're the third seed or games one and two if they somehow climb up and get the home seed whether it's the two or they somehow win the division remains to be seen but until then we will talk to you next time and the next time we talk to you it is playoff hockey baby that's right because it's the cup <laughs>